Hi, I'm Don Paul, and welcome to my podcast. You know, I'm generally a fairly lighthearted fella, and it is National Cat Day. I could spend a moment talking about our cute little girl, Willie, who lives mostly upstairs in our house, but not today. It's time, at least as far as I'm concerned, for some angry science. And I want to start with a study released earlier this week by Vanderbilt University. One of our elite medical schools has conducted a study in Tennessee where uh, the mask mandates exist in some counties and not in other counties. In other words, the governor and the legislature has allowed the counties to decide whether or not to have mask mandates. And Vanderbilt, which has a huge medical center, uh, surveyed Tennessee, not just Nashville hospitals. And here's what they found, the key findings. The Vanderbilt study found that in Tennessee hospitals where less than 25% of patients came from counties with a mask mandate, hospitalizations as of October 23rd had risen by more than 200% since July 1st. Hospitals in which 26 to 50% of patients were from counties with mask mandates saw hospitalizations rise by approximately 100% since July 1st. And in hospitals where patients came from counties where more than 75% of patients were under mask mandates, there was virtually no change in the level of hospitalizations since July 1st. And even in between, hospitalizations only slightly increased in hospitals where 51 to 75% were under mask mandates. There is no mystery. Early on, and this has been made much of by the president, uh, doctors Fauci and other epidemiologists and infectious disease specialists in January were telling us we didn't all need to wear masks. And part of that, Dr. Fauci says, was A, we were fearful, the medical community, that we're going to run out of masks as contagion increases because Fauci and every epidemiologist knew unhindered this was going to turn into a disaster, which it has. And the other thing was there wasn't that much evidence yet in studies that showed broad wearing of masks made a big difference. But within just a few weeks, studies were underway, including physical studies where there were ultraviolet videos made showing how the mask blocked particulate matter in exhalations from people. Uh, it became quite clear that masks were critical and the Fauci, position was changed pretty quickly, as well as all other epidemiologists, virologists, and infectious disease specialists. There is no mystery to the mask. The mask is the number one thing we can do if more and more people wore them, in addition to social distancing and good hygiene, to slow the rate of infection, which currently is skyrocketing in many states. In New York State, we've done pretty well, but even in New York City in the last few days, some increases are beginning to occur. And the bellwether for the United States can really be found in Europe, where the initial stages of the pandemic were horrific, especially in places like northern Italy, around Lombardy, uh, terrible mortality rates, uh, Spain, France, all had been ravaged as well as the United Kingdom. But in those nations, national leadership took over and mask mandates began to become accepted. And Europe, for several months, had 
really flattened the curve and kept the rate of infection at very optimistic levels, not compared to normal times, but compared to how the United States was doing. We were the worst in the world while things had improved so dramatically. So what happened in Europe? Well, it's fatigue of having to continue to do all these things to limit the spread. People were saying, well, we've been doing better for months. Let's uh, let's go out more. And reopening, just as has occurred in so many states here in the United States, has been taking its toll. The Czech Republic right now not only doesn't have enough hospital beds, their rate of infection is enormous. They don't have the staff. They've appealed to German doctors to come over and help because they can't take care of the people that they already have in hospital beds and they don't have nearly enough hospital beds. Germany, on the other hand, still doing better than other European nations. Uh, and I personally believe that has to do, from what I've been reading, a, a great deal with the leadership of scientists and Prime Minister Angela Merkel, who happens to be a PhD chemist. She certainly understands science. Italy and Spain are seeing rates of infection and mortality rates increase again. United Kingdom situation, even Boris Johnson, an ally of our president, has seen the necessity for strengthening uh, social distancing and the wearing of masks. So that's our bellwether. What happens when you let your guard down? The best we can hope for until a vaccine is through its trials and is approved by the FDA to forestall this awful rate of infection, which will in inevitably be worsening in the next six to 12 weeks as colder weather begins to overspread the country, uh, the best we can do is slow the rate of infection. And the best way to do that is to keep our social distancing, and that includes Thanksgiving. For many of us, our favorite holiday. This is a critical time because we have seen spikes with every other major holiday since Memorial Day, then the 4th of July, then Labor Day, spikes have followed from social gatherings. And Thanksgiving is an indoor holiday where family is gathered in a closed space with poorer ventilation. And this is not the year to have a real family gathering. The immediate family, of course, parents and children. This is not a time to visit other households. There are so many asymptomatic people running amongst us, the spread would, on top of the colder weather, which is going to be following, simply worsen. What President Macron in France is trying to do is uh, he's drastically increased again the shutdowns of types of businesses. Schools are still open, but restaurants, bars, all being closed in two-week cycles. France is going to reevaluate how the steps are doing every two weeks, rather than saying this is the way it's going to be for months. Uh, it's likely they're going to have to continue to do it. And, you know, there's that saying, the cure can't be worse than the disease. Well, the cure obviously has been awful, especially earlier in the pandemic when we had the massive shutdown of businesses. We've seen so many small businesses close that are not going to be able to reopen the disruption in families, the economic crises for families and individuals, just awful. But as awful as that is, gasping for breath in an ICU with a ventilator is worse. And dying apart from your family is worse. You have to weigh 
the risk versus benefits of each step taken. And we don't have national leadership uh, in the political vein right now. And no matter how this election turns out, Donald Trump will be president at least through January 20th, so far as we know. And he's obviously not prepared to start exhibiting the kind of leadership on masks. Even last night at a rally, he was ridiculing masks again in some lame attempts at humor. How can you humor something which has killed at least 229,000 Americans? And that number is low. Many epidemiologists are still seeing uh, large-scale evidence that attending physicians in some parts of the country, if someone has type 2 diabetes and contracts COVID and dies in a hospital, saying the diabetes is listed as the cause of death. When epidemiologists and infectious disease specialists can tell you that person's time would not have come had that person not been infected. If you die of a stroke during a COVID infection, the odds are high that it never would have happened during the course of time in which it occurred without COVID. We've seen an increase in strokes in young adults, people in their 30s and 40s, because the ravages on the immune system, which weren't known to exist yet in January from COVID, uh, the ravages on the immune system causing blood clotting, organ failures all over the body, uh, these deaths should not be listed as strokes if there's a COVID infection in a 35-year-old person. So it's expected that the real number is considerably higher than 229,000, as awful as that number is. And, you know, after we get past the Thanksgiving holiday, we have, of course, Christmas coming up. This year, and jokes are being made about it, obviously it helps a little to joke, uh, is again, a time where family gatherings really have to be kept to a small nub of what we typically would have. If we're fortunate, you know, I saw the head of the vaccines program at Johnson & Johnson yesterday say that Johnson & Johnson and two or three other companies are moving along nicely with their trials. And by the second quarter, possibly as early as late in the first quarter, there may be more widespread distribution of a working vaccine. Uh, there's still so much to be done, but if that in fact occurs and we're fortunate, things will start to lighten up a little bit by this time next year, maybe sooner. Uh, right now, it's important that people prepare for the worst. And uh, the real mystery, and this is a political question I raise, how can it be in this current stage of crises, one on top of the other, and the death rate, the infection rate, the hospitalization rates are skyrocketing in so many states, how can this still be a close election? Why is it still a close election? If ever there were a time for repudiation and a seeking of rational leadership, this is it. Is it Fox News? Well, they certainly have some complicity. They're the ones who foisted the mad radiologist, Dr. Scott Atlas, who now has the president's ear, and he's the doctor who proposes letting the disease run its course. And every epidemiologist I've seen, including Michael Osterholm, 
National Academy of Sciences member, has said to let the disease simply run its course would kill an additional minimum of 2 million to 6 million people in addition to the hundreds of thousands who are already dead and are slated, unfortunately, to die in the next few months. Uh, that comes from Fox News. But how can such a large percentage of our population allow their worst prejudices against science and their worst prejudices in general uh, and scientific illiteracy to rule their lives and in who knows how many cases end their lives or of some of their loved ones if they contract the infection and a loved one gets it and doesn't survive the infection. These are questions we're all having to answer in the next few days. Uh, you've already heard it's too late to vote by mail. And that's not a shot at postal workers. The sabotaging of the U.S. Postal Service has already occurred. And now a federal judge yesterday ruled the Postal Service has to immediately authorize whatever overtime is necessary for late deliveries. But there is a general agreement. It's too late to vote by mail. So check the websites where you can drop off a ballot if you have a ballot, where you can do your early voting. Uh, so that's a political statement. My views do not represent those of anyone who has ever employed me or currently uh, uses my services. Thanks for listening this far. And uh, uh, let's be very, very conservative in our social behavior between now and the end of the year.